Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mid-East Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. We can all be overconfident at times. Occasionally it works to our benefit, but Pastor J.D. reminds us in his update today how our pride can get in the way, leaving no room for Jesus. We want to be driven towards the cross by our humility. We don't want to be caught off guard or unaware, especially so close to the Lord's return. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on February 20th, 2022. Today, I want to talk with you about two Bible prophecies that point to just how close we really are to the rapture of the church. And those two are first that of the allied invasion of Israel, and secondly the compromised evasion of the church, both of which point to the swiftness with which prophecy is unfolding. I hope and pray that you'll be encouraged today because the whole point of doing these prophecy updates is to get Jesus to people and people to Jesus while we still have time. I hope you don't tire of me using this analogy and illustration, but the Titanic of this world is sinking, and I don't want to be numbered amongst those that are trying to rearrange, as they say, the deck furniture on this sinking ship. Uh, There's just no more time. We need to get as many people off of that to Jesus for salvation before the thing goes down. Uh, Actually, I'll take it a step further and just say that before the ship goes down, we need to get people to Jesus before we go up. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, that's the, you can sum it up that way. All right. Well, let's start with the prophetic significance of Israel as it relates to the well-known prophecy in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 38. I know I run the risk of an oversimplification concerning this prophecy, but I'm just going to summarize it this way. This prophecy in Ezekiel 38 is about an invasion of Israel by an alliance of nations with Russia, Iran, and Turkey at the helm. And we're even told in this prophecy what the purpose of this allied invasion is, which is to capture and control 
Israel's resources. Now, doubtless you've been apprised of the breaking news about what many believe to be an imminent invasion of Ukraine by Putin in Russia. Uh, This is very important, and the reason this is so important in terms of Bible prophecy is because of the detail in Ezekiel's prophecy concerning God putting a hook in the jaw and turning them around, this alliance with Gog at the helm, and bringing this alliance against Israel for the invasion of Israel from the far north. So now the question is, what is the hook? Well, said hook is the aforementioned resources in Israel, chief of which is their natural gas. Yesterday, the Daily Mail reported on massive explosions which have been linked to a gas pipeline that were heard in the Russian separatist city of Luhansk in eastern Ukraine. It's important to understand that Ukraine enjoys and benefits from the numerous natural gas pipelines in, to, and through their country. Pictured here is a map showing Ukraine's pipelines, and one cannot help but notice the proximity of Russia to Ukraine, which was actually part of the former Soviet Union prior to 1991. And uh, Putin has made it very clear in no uncertain terms, that his sole goal is to restore the glory of the former Soviet Union. Now, when you zoom out and see the bigger picture, I know this helps me a lot as a visual learner, but Ezekiel 38 comes into clearer focus. While a Russian invasion of Ukraine may comport strategically, and more importantly, prophetically with Ezekiel 38. It is not a direct fulfillment of Ezekiel 38. However, it may very well lead up to the Allied invasion of Israel, regardless of whether or not Russia invades Ukraine at this time. To the question of whether this prophecy is fulfilled prior to the rapture or after the rapture. I believe that specific detail in Ezekiel 38 seems to indicate the latter. In other words, the rapture happens first, and then sometime during the seven-year tribulation, Ezekiel 38 is fulfilled. By the way, there's a lot of detail in this prophecy in Ezekiel 38. One of the most intriguing to me, I'm going to kind of just parenthetically uh, say this. We're going to actually talk a little bit more about this shortly. But one of the most intriguing details is found in verse 13 of Ezekiel 38, where we're told that the Gulf states, uh, chiefly Saudi Arabia, and those countries in that area 
will not be a part of this alliance. In fact, not only will they not be a part of this alliance, they will somehow at this time have a good foreign relationship with Israel. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Because all of those nations today enjoy a very good relationship with Israel. And all they do in verse 13 is protest and question, why are you invading Israel? Oh, are you invading Israel to plunder their resources? Answer, yes, that's exactly what we're doing. Thank you very much. So interesting detail, because the detail provides us with, I hate to use this word, but for lack of a better one, clues <laughs> as to what the geopolitical climate is going to be at the time that the prophecy is fulfilled. And I would suggest that the geopolitical climate in the Middle East is exactly as the details in this prophecy say they will be. In other words, this happens after the rapture, which is before the seven-year tribulation, and as such serves as a much-needed warning. I'm going to use that word warning of just how close we are. When you see all of the players in place at the ready, and you're looking at a prophecy that will find its ultimate fulfillment during the seven-year tribulation, beginning to take place now, and the rapture happens before the seven-year tribulation, then how close are we to the rapture? Very close. Well, this brings me to what I'll refer to as the evasion of the church, which is a prophetic description about what happens to the church. What I'm speaking of is the Laodicean church, which is a prophetic picture of the lukewarm compromised church in the last days that cannot do anything. And the reason is because it's lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, which is why it becomes impotent under the banner of playing the middle, or if you prefer playing both sides of the fence. I want to draw your attention to Revelation chapter 3. I want to read verses 14 through 20. This is the seventh letter to the seventh of seven churches, seven being the number of completion. And right out of the shoot in verse 14, we already see something here very unusual that we don't see with the other six churches. And Jesus has John write to this church, this is about 95 AD it's believed. John the Apostle has been banished to the island of Patmos, left there to die. This after church historians tell us he was thrown into a cauldron of boiling oil and didn't die. I love it when God does that. <laughs> so what are we going to do with him? I'll send him to Patmos. And uh, so here he is on the island of Patmos, about 50 miles or so approximately 
uh, off the coast of modern-day Turkey, and he's told to write what we have in our Bibles as the book of Revelation. And in chapter 1, he writes that which he was an eyewitness of, Jesus Christ crucified, buried, resurrected, and seated at the right hand of the Father. And then in chapters 2 and 3, he's to write that which is now present, church history, the seven letters to the seven churches. And then from chapter 4, verse 1, on through to the end of the book in chapter 22, he's to write that which comes hereafter, after these things, metatauta in the Greek. By the way, meta, that's an interesting, I'm not going to go there, so don't look at me like that. It transcends, it's after, meta, and I'm not talking about Zuckerberg's new thing. Uh, This is, I'm talking about scripture. (laughs) Anyway, I digress. So, he's to write that which is to take place meta after these things. And that's from chapter 4, verse 1 on. I say that to say this, where are we right now? We are in, let me use this uh, illustration, hope you don't mind. We are the last drop about to drop at the end of Revelation chapter 3 right now, right here. Okay, and it's about to drop. Like I'm watching it right now. Could drop any time. That's where we're at. This uh, seventh church, a prophetic picture of the condition of the church, not only in the last days, but the last church in the last days. So what's John to write to this church? Well, Verse 14, and to the angel of the church, listen, of the Laodiceans, right. Of the Laodiceans, really, yeah. Well, (laughs) he didn't say that to the church of Ephesus, or Smyrna, or Pergamum, or Thyatira, or Philadelphia, or Sardis. He says, and to the angel of the church of Ephesus write. But when he gets to the seventh church, he doesn't say to the angel of the church of Laodicea. No, he says to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans. Why? In fact, the name is the nature. You know what Laodicean means? It's the combination of two English words, laity and diocese, the laity rule. This is their church. Write this to the church of the laity who rule that call the shots. This is the same church as we're about to read that Jesus isn't even in anymore. Where is he? Oh, he's on the outside knocking, asking to come back in and dine with them. He's not even in the church. They kicked him out of the church. No need. We have no need. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, To this church, (laughs) the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot, 
So then because you are lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. This is to the church. Because you say, verse 17, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I don't want to go to that church. I counsel you, verse 18, to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Think about that for a second. If Jesus didn't love them, He wouldn't bother with them. This is actually a love letter, as strong as it is. I love you so much, I have to chasten you, I have to rebuke you. Therefore be zealous and repent. You need to repent. Behold, and here's that famous verse, well, very well known. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. I'm not going to break the door down. You have to open the door. Anyone who hears my voice, and he ends the letter the same way he does with the other six, let him who has an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. A couple thoughts here that are going to be germane to our understanding of what I want to share with you today, concerning the condition of the church today. Laodicea would have understood exactly what John was told to write to them, especially when it came to being lukewarm, and here's why. They had so much money, but they had a water problem. So they built this very elaborate aqueduct, six miles in length, as it's believed, so they could bring the water from Hierapolis down to Laodicea. And the water that they would bring from Hierapolis came from these natural hot springs. But by the time the water got to Laodicea, it was lukewarm. And when he talks about this eye salve, Laodicea was an extremely wealthy place. It was the fashion center of the known world. It was the banking center of the known world, and they were also known for this breaking, cutting-edge medical technology with their eye salve that they would put on the eyes. And so Jesus hits them at every single turn, and they would have got it, and they would have understood it. Why? Why? Because He loves them. And he wants them to see with those eyes, because they're blind. He wants them to be clothed with white garments from him. 
He wants their wealth to be wealth from Him, because they see themselves this way, and God sees them this way. And the key to me in this is that the church had gotten so, how do I say it? I'll just say it, so full of themselves, so full of themselves that there was no room for Jesus, which is why he's on the outside knocking to try to come back in. This church was a feckless, lukewarm church. And you'll forgive me for the bluntness with which I say this, but sadly, this last day's lukewarm Laodicean church, well, it's alive and well today. And one need look no further than to the unwillingness of the feckless church today to preach the Word. Why? Because it's controversial. It's unpopular. I don't want to offend anyone. Excuse me, but the gospel's offensive. The gospel by its very nature is offensive. (laughs) God has the audacity to say that we're sinners. Well, I'm not going back to that church. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear that I'm a good person. It's all good. No, you're a sinner. You're a dirty, rotten, stinking sinner. Does that offend you? Praise the Lord. We want to be a little more seeker friendly. Really? Yeah, so when when someone comes to the church, we want them to come back. Oh, So, how are you going to do that? Well, first of all, the worship. Oh, they wouldn't dare do the songs that our worship leader Capono did today, because that's too much Jesus in that. By the way, when, when the pastor comes up to, I don't know what he's doing, because Oh, he might reference the Bible, but he's not teaching the Bible. It's an ornament. How are we doing? You okay so far? I mean, I'm just, I have to speak the truth here. So here's what happens with that church. They become so much like the world to attract the world, and there's no difference between the church and the world. So when people come to that church that's like the world, what's the point? Hang in there with me. (laughs) It actually gets, I want to say it gets better, but it doesn't. It actually gets worse. So this is, and we talked about this many times before, but this is a prophetic sign of the last days. Paul writing to Timothy says, this, this will mark the last days, that they will not put up with a church that has a pastor that teaches sound doctrine. We're so glad you joined us for this prophecy update on In Spirit and Truth. 
Do the things you hear about on this program cause you to feel unsettled? Perhaps there are too many things coming into play that make you stop and wonder if you're truly living in the end times. If that's the case, we hope that through these updates, you are reminded of God's faithfulness through His Word and that His promises will be fulfilled. This can be a benefit to you. Being around other believers can give you support regarding these things that are happening around you. If you're in the area and haven't found a church home yet, we invite you to come visit us and get to know the heart behind this ministry. You can join us for a time of worship at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays at 8.30 or 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. for Bible study with Pastor J.D. If you'd like more information on joining us or for additional resources, go to jdfarag.org and scroll to the bottom of the page. That's J-D-F-A-R-A-G dot O-R-G. There, you'll find a Calvary link that will take you to the church's website. While you're at our website, be sure to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. Another interesting point of reference is a tab that says ABCs. This is useful for anyone seeking and wanting to find out more about Jesus and His love for you as an individual. That's all available at our website. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for tuning in to spend this time with us. Join Pastor JD for another edition of In Spirit and Truth.